Welcome to Kashmir on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, and uh, editor of Kashmir Magazine. And tonight we have a very interesting topic. Truthfully, last week, I don't know what your reaction was if you were listening, but the show that we had last week, in my humble estimation, was one of the most successful shows we've ever done. And I'm going to tell you why, uh, and you'll be able to uh, understand if you were there listening, and I'll let you know a little bit what happened in the middle of the week. The program last week was dedicated to discussing kosher standards and where a person fits in the in his own personal standards of kashras, because there's no such thing as one kashras fits all. People are more conservative, machmir, and some people are more liberal and, and, and makel, and some people say, you know, I, I, I call it the way I see it, and I'll discuss that maybe a little bit more tonight or in a future week, but, you know, everybody has to come to a decision about what their personal kashra standards are. And we discussed last week how a person could decide his kashra standards and then yet not look down at other people who don't have the same standards. And that's something that's very important to me personally, and it's important in halacha and hashkafa, and uh, for us to be able to live together, b'sholem, everybody together. We can't have one person think, I'm better than you, and just because you don't do this, you're worse than me. I mean, what would it be like if the Svartim and Ashkenaz, if the Ashkenazim would say that the Svartim are eating kidneys and Pesach? Well, they don't have the minute. But something else, like, you know, let's say, for example, the um, the standards of uh, of Beis Yosef Glat or, or even just of Glat in general, or even Niglat, one side could look down on the other. It's definitely not the way to go. It's not the proper Ashkafas Yisrael. You have your way of doing something, and another person has their way of doing it, and each one should be looked at with respect. But what I happened last week was that a number of people called in, and I don't know if you caught this, but if you want to listen to it again, you can get probably archived already. A number of people called in and discussed their own personal standards and whether or not they should be continuing them. I don't know if you caught all that, but that's that was the discussion that we had with many people. Baruch Hashem called in, and they it opened them up a little bit to think about the possibility of a different standard, and where they stand with it. I remember one particular person, uh, you know, was struggling with it, but they were happy with what they were doing, and they and they didn't want to necessarily move, and and yet they feel they don't want to feel challenged. They had to deal with how people deal with them, and it was it was very very interesting. What I wanted to report back is that in the middle of the week, during this past week, people have come over to me and discuss their own personal standards about a number of different cautious issues and whether they should continue them or whether they should uh, elevate them. They, in other words, they're, they're dealing with the issues that we talked about last week because of that radio show. So if you're interested in where you stand in cautious, that's a great show to listen to last week. Tonight's program is going in a different approach. It's something very very specific. We're talking about a specific issue, but we're going to give you the ramifications of it, which are pretty wide. But before I do that, I'm going to just mention a word from our sponsor, which, as always, is Glotmark, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. 
When you think of Glotmar, think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. They have weekly specials that run from Wednesday to Tuesday, and they appear on their website or on What's on Sale, W-A-T-S-O-N-S-A-L-E, whatsonsale.com. And I don't have the list, didn't come in this week, but they definitely have about 50 items on sale, as they do every single week. However, there's one special thing that I'm talking about last week and I talked about this week, too, that Glotmart is giving away free tickets. Uh, they have a total of four drawings for two tickets each for the Shweki and Levine concert, which will be held next Monday on 310, March 10, at 745 at the Walt Whitman Auditorium in Brooklyn College. And you can get some free tickets if you're if you are chosen from the raffle at Glotmart. Glotmart gives every person who comes in to shop a chance to win those tickets. So make it if you've never been in Glotmart, take a trip there. If you have been there, go back, make sure you buy something and get yourself included in the uh, the contest, I mean the raffle for the Schwecki and Levine concert tickets. I'm sure they're not so easily available, and I'm sure that this is a good way to do it. It doesn't cost you anything. Glotmart is located at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell him you heard about Glotmart and Kostras on the air over J Radio. And if you win that contest, if you get the two tickets, let me know so we'll be able to mention it that somebody got it through the J Radio. I would be very happy if they did. Tonight's topic is something that I, I took very personally over the years because, as you'll see in a moment, I, I addressed this issue when I first started the whole area of Kashras. I mentioned in a previous show my history in the Kashras world. It really goes back very far. Anyway, in 1979, I believe, I wrote for an, uh, an article for a publication which no longer exists. It's called, it was called the World Jewish Tribune. It was a weekly Jewish paper for the very from world. Uh, it was located in Williamsburg, and it was in English. It was sort of a breakthrough. Uh, it may be where Hamodia is, Yated, but it really... Uh, you know, it beat them out by a bunch of years, but it I wouldn't know if it would be if you would say it was competition for them, but definitely was the style, let's say something of Hamodia. It didn't make it. They got through one year and it folded. And this article that I wrote for them was called An Enemy from Within. And certain things happened that brought this to my attention and I addressed it. It's basically the question of having non-Jews working in our homes, uh, dealing with food, exposed to the food, etc., what, what impact it has on us, what concerns we have. And since I'm on the radio show, and there are plenty of people listening, and uh, Nissim has told me that sometimes people who are not Jewish listen to the show, and we also have people who are Gairim, who had one time not been Jewish, it's very important for you to hear the next few words. It's, I'm going to just say it very briefly. 
and that is as follows. Many people misunderstand our references to non-Jews, which we call Goyim, and they get the idea that we're putting them down, when in reality, that's not so. There are non-Jewish people we know are qualified to be uh, from the, uh, the, 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 the Hasidic Umos Ha'olam, the very special people of the world who have excelled in chesed and uh, proper attitudes, and they have achieved a standard which gets them into Olam Haba based upon their accomplishments in this world. And this phrase, Hasid Yosem whatever it includes, doesn't include, it was discussed, and it's a very beautiful thing if you have a chance to look in the Teferis Israel parish on Mishnayis, in the third parak of Pirkei Avos, and I believe it's the 14th Mishnah. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I believe that's where it is. Anyway, it's over there where it says, Atem Kruyim Odom. It says, Chaviv Avdon, Shenivra Betzelem. That a, uh, fortunate is the is man who was created in the Selim Elokim in the uh, for, uh, in, in the with the spirit in the spirit of of what of what a Kaddish Baruch Hu, the, the, has a dimyon that has a Selim Elokim inside him. Fortune is, is man, and over there he discusses the famous Chazal, which differentiates between Jews and non-Jews and is often misunderstood. I'm not going to get into that Chazal. I just want to tell you the point that he makes, which he makes very, very clearly with a number of examples. He said, it's impossible to look down on non-Jewish people. They are at Selim Elohim, and many of them achieve the status of Chasida Umas Ha'olam. And he goes on to tell a story about a non-Jewish person by the name of Reichlin, who had endangered his own life and lost his own life in order to defend our rights to the Talmud. A non-Jewish person who defended us to the, to the emperor, Maximilian, and he said that they have to, you know, that, that they, should, they should allow us to continue to study the Talmud. And there was a, a Jew who was a turncoat, his name was Pfefferkorn, and he was trying to have the Talmud burnt. But this Reichlin defended it. In the end, he lost his own life. He said, such people should never be looked down upon. It's a beautiful piece. If you have a chance, read it. I've read it a number of times, and I enjoy it every time I see it again. In, in addition to that, we, we have to know that the Goy, a non-Jew, has a Tzelem Elohim. I was taught that the Menorah Hamor brings down that a person cannot speak Lush and Hara about a non-Jew. Of course, a Russia is something different, but one cannot speak Lush and Hara about a non-Jew because he is a Tzelem Elohim. So that's just as a background because today we're going to be talking about the dangers, what I call an enemy from within. When we take people into our houses who are not Jewish and we give them the freedom of the kitchen, we, we're out of the house, we leave our children in their hands, we leave our parents in their hands, our older generation, this is the sandwich generation, and many people feel that pinch, they're taking care of the young children, 
and they're taking care of their elderly parents. And they can't be there all the time. And some people have to have take care of the elderly parents not in their homes and their homes they're taking care of where the, the parents live but they can't live alone they need help and they have people there sometimes a whole day preparing the foods giving them to them serving them taking care of them and is as wonderful as it is we appreciate the help we're getting but we certainly are taking an enemy within an enemy meaning a challenge to us i don't mean that there are we view everybody who's not Jewish as an enemy, but as we say in terms of the kosher issue and some of the other issues that, uh, that Jew person faces, having somebody who doesn't have that commitment to our way of life inside the house can be a very, very difficult thing in many situations. So I'm going to read to you a little bit uh, from this article. It's not very long. <laughs> It was written in 1979, and later on it was printed in a little book that I wrote called uh, uh, "It's called uh, The Foods We Eat, a Kosher Handbook. So here's the story. Uh, also, you have to excuse me because I, I've, uh, I sometimes, sometimes think it's that what I say is humorous, so I might have gone off a little bit here and uh, talked in a way it might contain a little disparaging I have a little, it's a, it's a tendency to be equipping, and maybe uh, I enjoy it, and maybe other people do too, but I don't want anybody to be offended. Recently, I heard the story of a woman with a problem that may affect many in the Orthodox community. Today, when someone tells you they have a wonderful girl, they do not necessarily refer to their own daughter. Rather, a girl has become the pseudonym for a domestic helper. In plain language, a maid. One woman tells how proud she is that her girl is so dependable. I can leave the house and the children in her charge. When I come home, she's already given them supper and tidied up the whole house. This Gentile woman, who according to halacha cannot be relied upon for kashras, served your Yiddish kinder supper? Don't worry, I leave out all the dishes that she needs. There's never been a slip-up with kashras. We don't question your maid's knowledge of Hilchas Taruvis, the intricate laws pertaining to mixing in forbidden foods. But can we also expect it to have Yerushimayim, fear of God? And, and what about Bishalakum, the prohibition against eating any foods that are cooked by a non-Jew? Uh, I haven't thought of all that. Since we buy everything in Hamish's stores, we must have forgotten about Bishalakim. Now, from now on, I'm going to be very careful to turn on the oven and the burners before I leave. That way, the food will be Bishi Yisrael, Jewish cooking. Thank you. Believe me, we'll be careful from now on. Uh, I, I'm, I'm certain you that you will be careful, Mrs. Israel, but please be aware that all of your cooking utensils may now be considered treif. Be sure to ask a rov. Yes, bishalakam is but the beginning of your problems. Have you thought about meat which was left out of sight? Since a non-Jew may switch your meat with treifa meat, the halacha says that all your meat may, may be considered treif. Yeridea Samech uh, Gimel. You're going to need to ask a rov this question too. 
Okay, we'll get rid of all the remaining meat. Next time, we'll double wrap the meat in such a way so that we could tell if she had opened the package. Thank you once again. Wait, there's still another problem for you to consider. Did you have an open wine bottle in the refrigerator? The wine you use for Kiddush is probably the, the large bottle. It's not Mavushal. What if the non-Jew moved an open bottle of wine while moving things around in the refrigerator? I, I can't use the wine? What do I have to do to avoid wasting a, a bottle of wine next time? You know, with all this work, after she comes, putting away the wine, double wrapping the meat, leaving out the dishes, and leaving the oven and the burners on, I think I'll just have to tell Melinda to go. But what am I going to do for help? Mrs. Israel, did you know that there are literally hundreds of Jewish ladies also available? Some are recent immigrants from Russia, Iran, and Eretz Israel. Others are American women, often widowed. These women need that job. They don't charge more, and, be, they, won't, and they, may be just, they may be much more agile and efficient than your Melinda. I always feel strange telling a Yiddish woman to do this or to do that. But, but you know, now I feel differently. Many of our readers will probably be thinking that this whole matter doesn't concern them because right now they're not in the financial bracket of Mrs. Israel. True, you may not have a regular domestic in your home. However, many people do have cleaning ladies once a week, once a month, or before a major yomtov. Does the lady of the house step out for just a few hours when the woman comes to clean? Also, many Jewish households today have non-Jewish help for the Klimpaturin, the mother who's just given birth. These women, be they nurses or homemakers, if non-Jewish, present the problems mentioned above. Harav Chaim Mordechai Katz Zatzal, Rosh Yeshiva of Tel's Yeshiva, in pre Eitz Chaim, Volume 1, pages 30 and 31, says that even if we were able to control all the possible factors so that no law would be violated by a non-Jewish maid left alone in the house, it still might be a problem and prohibited because of Chilol Hashem, since you might be suspected of having committed the above transgressions. We've merely touched upon the problem with its many diversion issues in the limited space of this column. It's advisable to discuss the matter further with a Rav. That's what I wrote in 1979, and I think it really takes in the whole topic. I'm going to talk about it a little bit, and you can call in whenever you'd like, and we'll be able to put you on right away. You can call us at, but please stick to the topic. With six uh, seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight, or you could text us at three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. That's at three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. Call us at seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight to discuss our topic of having non-Jews working in our home or with our with our parents in uh, their facility and some of the shadows that come up, and what can we do about them? So just to sum up, we talked about the wine, 
and we talked about Bishalakim, and we talked about uh, the the question of Bosashinus Alim and Ayin, and we covered quite a few of the topics that tie into this enemy from within. I'd like to tell you some more stories about it, and we have a few minutes, but right now this, the calls are starting to come in. You can reach us at 718-683-5858. Before we go into any of the, uh, call, to take any of the callers, I'd, I'd like to um, give you a couple of pieces of information that will be helpful to you to avoid some of the shilas that we just mentioned. Number one, uh, you have to, when you have uh, wine, wine has to be put away. It should ideally be put away in a place that's locked up, or it should be put high up in a cabinet that whoever is in there wouldn't necessarily open without some some difficulty, and they wouldn't be uh, tempted to go there. But if you leave the wine in the refrigerator or on the table, uh, there is a concern that somebody that might take and pour that wine. Just touching the bottle doesn't make it usser, but pouring the wine, putting a finger in it, shaking it, whatever it is, these are the problems that you could have, and they, it would, uh, would create a, a problem for the wine. One hetter on the wine is if it's sweet wine. Sweet wine does not become yayanesach. Non-Jewish wine that you buy, we know we don't buy that. But even a non-Jew touching our wine, or even if you pour a drink of wine for this non-Jew and, and they hold in the container, they hold, sorry, hold it the cup, that would be a problem. So it's best to put the wine out of the sight. No one would be tempted to pick it up and move it, even if their intentions are good. But as pouring to halacha, once it's been shaken, uh, poured, uh, something like that, then it is forbidden for us to drink that wine. But if it happens to be, not l'chatchila, but if it happens to have been that it's a sweet wine, what you would call a sweet wine, the old Malaga, Concord wines, the thick, thick wines, then they definitely would be still permissible, even though a non-Jew did pour. We don't want you to suggest doing that, but you would save a wine that way. Another thing you should know is about putting things out of sight in general. If a person is going to come into your house and they're going to be there for a few hours while you're away working, you're going away with your husband somewhere, and they're alone in the house, even if they are not eating there, but we have a concern with the food that's in the house. We need some things need what we call chosmois, a double seal. And that's meat and fish, things like that, need to be sealed. Now, you can't go ahead and take your tuna fish and put it, uh, it's already made, you, 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 you pressed it down, you know, you crushed it with some mayonnaise, and now you're going to, it's a little container. What are you going to do, double wrap the container? Uh, you're going to go crazy. So my Rebbe, Rabbi Asher Zim and Zatal, taught us that when you leave the house, open the refrigerator, open the freezer, and look around. If things are where you expected them to be when you left, that's where they are when you come back, there's no question. In other words, we call tevius ayin. 
your own eyes can determine that this is unchanged. Meat that uh, is packaged, you know, from the company for the store, it's got the sim on them on it, it has the kashra symbols and it's tied up, and so like, yeah, that's not, we're not talking about that, but something which is loose and uh, even a frozen piece and certainly uh, in the refrigerator meat that's been, that's, uh, been cooked or a fish that's not in the package anymore, yes, you need simonim there. Can you, but you can also rely on what we call tevius ayin. Each person does know by looking at the thing, they know I had half the container of, 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 uh, of tuna fish and this little container over here was half, was half filled or my meat was laid in the freezer this way. That's enough. It should take about three seconds to look in the freezer and three seconds to look in the refrigerator. So what we're talking about could cost you 10 seconds or a half a minute. That's all we're talking about. You don't take a little, you don't make a list, you don't start right, you're going crazy over it, but at least to have Tavius iron before you go out. Now, if the woman is going to go into the refrigerator and take food and move things around, this is going to be a problem for you because it's, it's better off for you if some of the things would be, let's say, in a lower shelf so that they wouldn't be bothering to get to that. But don't leave your wine in the refrigerator. We have a caller, and I'm going to take the call, and we're going to come back and discuss this topic a little further in just a minute. Okay, you're on the air. You're unconscious on the air. Can I help you? Yes, I would like to ask you. Um, you uh, first of all, I, I want to thank you for your show, and it's very informative, and we enjoy all the information that's being given from your show. Thank you very much, very much for your show. Okay, thank you. What's the question you want to talk about? And I, I would like to ask you, uh, you've been mentioning about wine, that a non-Jew could be touching it. You mentioned that sweet wine it might not be a problem. Um, I also think that uh, Mabushal wine is not a problem if oh. the non-Jew would touch it. Do you, uh, can you ex- explain to me, is there any halakhic uh, ramifications? Okay, now I, I uh, was going to discuss it, and I thought about it, and we didn't discuss it yet. I, I, I'm a little bit reticent to go into it. What I'm going to say now is, is maybe a little bit exciting to you. Uh, Mabushal wine is... It, 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 if you're if you're around a little bit, you if you've been if you're familiar with um, some of the halachas and some of the background of kashras, you'll be able to understand what I'm talking about. Definitely, mavushal wine is not forbidden if a non-Jew does pour it. That's correct. But the question is, what is called mavushal? That's the key question. So we live in a country where Rav Moshe Feinstein was the Gadol Hador. And as, as, as such, Kashrus very much revolved around him, and many things revolved around him. And anyway, it was more convenient, so that if you remember, or you saw, or maybe you don't know, in the old days, it used to say, uh, on the Kedem wines, it used to say, Mavushal, according to Ramosha Feinstein. But the Tzelem Arav would not call it Mavushal because they had a different uh, temperature at which you needed to ha- reach to become a bushel. Now, you can understand it without any big chachmas, that if I'm going to cook up something that is, um, that is like that is a liquid, and I'm going to cook it up to a high temperature, I'm gonna, that, that liquid is going to disappear. And the, and the, the, um, 
the wine is going to become thick. It's not what you want. So we got to find a way to do Mavushal wine and do it quickly and and do it to the minimum standards of the minimum. We got to go for a low number, not a high number, because it's counterproductive for the business. So the op, they opted in many things to use only Ramosha Feinstein standard. In the Cassius magazine, which I've been publishing since 1980, every year, and since about 80, I don't know, since 97 actually, since 1997 we've been publishing an article. Every year we publish it. I don't like to push it because I don't want to turn anybody off. But we, we, we mention every year in the same, they have the article, that piece of it is always there. We write other things in that article, but that article is kept, this, this, these words are kept in there. We show that Ramosha Feinstein was in disagreement with all of the Rabbanim in Eretz Israel. All the Rabbanim in Eretz Israel, including Avadi Yosef Azatzal, they got everybody, everyone in Eretz Israel held a more, a higher level needed to create Mavushal. That's very, 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 very crucial. If the Rabbanim and Israel are correct, then the wines that are called Mavushal in America are very possibly not Mavushal at all. I know it's shocking, and I really don't want to hear it, but that, that is a fact. And you can uh, look at the article they have on Pesach, and you can also check it out. Every Pesach in Israel, the numbers are written up somewhere, and you can see what they're, what they're shooting for. As a matter of fact, Ravadi Yosef, when he read, when he went, worked through this topic, I don't know what motivated him to do it, I don't remember, but uh, he, he realized that the standard that he had for, uh, the, um, for the wines in Israel were not high, with the, the level of uh, Fabishal was not high enough, and he elevated the level by 10 degrees Celsius, which is a significant amount. In other words, he said, we're not doing high enough to create Bishul. It had to be burnt off a little more. It had to reach a higher level. So Reb Moshe had a lower level for Bishul, and that's why not all wines that are called Mavushal are of the same, um, are are really Mavushal. I mean, they could be. I mean, but again, will it be Mavushal coined Reb Moshe, but not necessarily to the other Rabbanan. But when I started out in Kashrus, it it was on on every label of the, uh, 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 it used to say, Salem Arav, you know, it's not Mavushal coined to Salem Arav, but it was Mavushal coined to Reb Moshe. This one's Mavushal coined to, some of them were Mavushal to both of their levels. So that's a very, very big issue. And in America today, uh, this has been obfuscated. People are not looking at that topic that I'm just mentioning now at all. So yes, in principle, if it's been cooked, it's Mavushal wine cannot become uh, and that's not my that's not me or you discussing it. What happened is the, the non-Jews took our wine that we used, that the, the our standards for wine, for for the for the mizbeach, they took it for their avodah zara, So therefore, we wouldn't take cooked wine. Couldn't was not kosher for the mizbeach, and uh, the sweet wines also. Sweetened wines were also no good. So therefore. They are following what we actually had first as the standard for, uh, for, for, for Corbanus. So that's why we don't have to worry about those two items. Thank you very much for your call.
We have a whole bunch Thank of you very much. We have a whole bunch but of the course. sweet wine, there is no a question about it. Everybody right. holds it. The, all the Rabbanim holds that it's a... It's, it, um, it's it, a, it's a it, it is... Um, you can discuss it with your... It's touched it. You can discuss it with your rope, but that does, that's the whole law. The question is, what do I qualify for that? You know, you're saying sweet. I, I gave you the example of the malaga and the, uh, the concord, the big fat, the, the, you know, the, with all the sugar added on. That's what we're talking about. Okay, thank you very much for calling. Okay, your next caller. Go ahead. You're, hello? Hello? You're unconscious on the air. Go ahead. Hi, I'd like to know if whiskey needs a heksha. Whiskey needs a heksha? Okay. Yeah. That's that's a that's sort of like uh, I don't know it's, it's it's too general a topic. You have to go look at a list. The word whiskey includes a lot of different things. If you mean just the word whiskey, not you don't mean all liquors. Liquors. You mean just the word whiskey. So it, there's a list of these that are put out by the different cautious agencies. You can get one at the starkorg or at the crcweb.org. The, those are the uh, two places you could go and get, get a list, and they would tell you which ones are acceptable, which ones are not. It's a little more complex than all of this and all of that. What's happening in the, in the industry today, in the liquor industry, is that they are merging things. They're adding things. They're changing the way they made it. It's all different than it used to be. The wine, I mean, sorry, the, I'm sorry, the beers, uh, the whiskeys, the... The, the vodka, it's all changed. Sometimes you can get some from milkics and from grapes and from this. And that. They're changing everything. And you really have to stay on top of it. And we, we put all the things that you must have to know in the Cautious Magazine. We bring it in constantly. And if you go to those two websites, stark.org or crcweb.org, you'll be able to get uh, a list. And that list changes. You have to check every six months or so. Okay? okay thank thank you. you very much. Bye. Go ahead. You're on Cautious on the Air. Can we help you? Yeah, the question. Uh, besides for uh, wine being Yainesich or not, is there something else, um, as even if it's not Yainesich, but if it was touched or uh, seen, uh, it shouldn't be used for Kiddush and Avdolah, something like okay. that? So, now, you said a few things together. I'm very happy you did. There is uh, a minig that some people have that if, if it was even looked at by non-Jews, then that would be a problem. For example, Kedem actually has... Uh, from drivers, uh, they, go, they go to that extent. But in reality, the box is closed. And even, they, I think all, all their wines also have a, uh, it's not, it's not uh, opaque, it's not a, it's not a clear bottle, it's, it's colored bottle, so that, that's a many hold that that's acceptable. Um, but technically, you could buy a wine in a non-kosher liquor store and use that for Kiddush, as long as it's been a closed bottle. Some people won't. You're right. That's one thing. Now, we said about touching. We said about Stam Yayin versus Yayin Nesach. Today, I don't know if there really is any Yayin Nesach anymore. According to the Shulchan Aruch, they say that it's only Minig of Aseim Biyadeim. They, they're not really doing real Avodah Zarah anymore. Maybe it's possible, but I don't think it's really practice Avodah Zarah today anymore. They go through the motions, they have some kind of rituals, but they don't really do classic Avodah Zorah anymore. But, we, but it's the wines that they touch, or pour, actually, uh, or stick their fingers in or move around, adjust something inside, you know, shake it up or something. Those things, those wines are forbidden to us to eat. It's called, st- to drink, I'm sorry, it's called Stam Yenum. 
It's not a vodazora per se, because we don't think they're doing any real vodazora, but we have to be choishish, we have to be concerned, and it was forbidden and to keep us away from uh, any situations with, the, uh, with wine that was done with vodazora to it. So we, uh, so yai and so we uh, conduct ourselves like any non-Jewish wine. And non-Jewish wine, you know, it means not, again, buying in a non-Jewish store. That you could buy a kosher wine in a non-Jewish store. But buying, the, but buying uh, wine that was not Hanashkacha, of course, that's called Stam Yenem. It's not called Nayan Nesach because there's probably no real Avodah Zorah today. Okay, thank you for the call. Yes, thank you. Okay, we have a million calls. I wanted to finish the topic a little more, but I hope some of the calls will stay online. Okay, thank you very much for calling. You're on Kashus on the air. Yeah, I want to know, is Jägermeister kosher? Is what? Jägermeister is a whiskey uh, liquor. Oh, okay, again, you have to get a list. You go to the star K, that's S-T-A-R-K dot uh, O-R-G, or you go to uh, C-R-C uh, web, W-E-B dot O-R-G. Those two... Uh, to websites where you can get a list and you'll be able to check it up yourself. And uh, you should know that those are very authoritative lists and they're, they're checked regularly. Every cautious agency also has a list. And if you want to call a local cautious agency or somebody you know, they'll get a list for you. But they do change. You have to check it up there. I don't know them by heart. Thank and you. And is, the, yeah. is there a, like a number that I can call? A number to call for just that information? You can call. Because I don't have. I, I don't have. Star, I'll give you a Star K web Star K's number four one zero. Okay. Four eight four. Okay. Four one one zero. That's four one zero four eight four four one one zero. You have to call in the daytime, you know, till about five. Okay. Thank you for okay, calling. Okay. Thank you very have much. Have a good evening. Okay. You're on Kashus on the air. Can I help you? Yeah. I, um. I wanted to know if anything like Seven Eleven. Are you allowed to go there? Well, uh, this is like like every, is the is the like, for the slurpees good? It's like every it's like every week I'm getting asked the same question. We said on the radio show many many times that we don't recommend going to any of the Seven Elevens unless they had ashkocha. And now one. No, but also is it like filtered? Hold, hold, one, no? hold on, once that I can't answer you. That you have to call the have to call. We mentioned, mm. we mentioned that the Cuff K gives a certification to the uh, 7-Eleven on Avenue J. No other letter in the alphabet. The letter J. Don't Only on J? Uh, I just said it. I'll say it a third time. J. Okay. Okay. Now, if you go there, they, they had, now, it, whether it, they filter the water, you can call this number. Or have your mother call. You ready? Yeah. 201 yeah 837 yeah 0500 that's the that's the K. they give the they'll answer the question how old are you and what and what school um 15 and i go to bizarro barbark okay thank you very much for calling we appreciate it thank you have a good evening go ahead you're on cautious on the air can i help you hello yeah you're on the air yeah, um, I heard that uh, according to Rav Eliyash, is that Sal and that Yain Meushal also has Din of Yain Nesach today. Is this correct? 
that that what Yaim Avushel has a din of Yaim Nessa? What do you say? Yeah, He's saying that it can become. You no, said, it is. What? I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you're saying. The, the, even Yain Mevushal, even today's, uh, has the end of the Yain okay. Nez, so, okay, okay, um, so, We have to be so, careful about it. So, again, you mean to say that even if it has been Mevushal, yeah. then a, a non-Jew takes it and pours it, it makes it us. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's a Chumrah, but most people, uh, you see that all of the uh, affairs... Uh, bar mitzvah. They have they they're serving non-mevushal wine. Sorry, sorry, mevushal wines. A non-Jew is serving it. Many restaurants they have non-Jewish people serving the wines to the people. So again, if that's a psak that he has, fine. Yeah, that's that's very specialized. Did, yeah. But it's not the most common. I mean, did you hear something about it or just uh... right now today? I can't remember. But uh, you know that uh, if you're saying it, he said that. So we can say, we'll definitely say that you told us that he said that. I don't know what he said. You can check it out. There are places to check. Uh, you're in the Sephardic world. You live in Flatbush? Yeah, I'm in Flatbush, yeah. So call Chacham Eliezer Harari. Uh-huh. He'll tell you, okay? Uh, thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a good evening. Go ahead. You're on Cautious on the Air. Can I help you? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Yeah, if you're in a store that both Yidin and Gaim shop there, it's a Jewish store. And um, a guy might have touched the wine bottle. Are you allowed to buy it? Yes. You know, we we hold that you could not. Uh, 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 as long as, as long as the bottle is sealed, you know, you haven't broken the seal on it yet. We consider that acceptable if a non-Jew touched it. Yes. Okay. okay. Thank, Thank you. you. How how old are you? In what school? I'm ten. I don't live in Brooklyn. I. Where, where do you live? Lakewood, I go to Shiv where's that? Lakewood. In Lakewood? Okay, thank you very much for calling. You, you, you're there now, or you're, you're in Lakewood, and you're calling now, or you're calling from Brooklyn? I live in Lakewood. You're calling from Lakewood. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. Go okay. ahead. You're on, you're on Kashus on the air. Can I help you? Go ahead, please. You're on the air. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Uh... I want to mention, you said before that today there is no question of Yainessah. What? I mean to say that the, in Shulchan Aruch it says, I heard that. I heard that clearly. The only thing is, there are, at least there were. Now, I may be wrong at this point. It may not exist now. Mm-hmm. There were companies that were actually owned by the church right. that were producing wine. Well, we're talking about the church. I mean, we're talking about the... Good. The problem is there are, there are various sects within there that I'm not sure if, if even today it, it, can't, it, it would not be qualified as a dissolvent. Okay. When they say Menegav Yaseyim, it doesn't mean to say that they... That they think they're doing, you know, some kind of avoider, but it, they don't feel that. In other words, they, you know, if you go, it, yeah, but if they're doing it as an avoider. I understand, but let me explain something to you. When when you, uh, the, who makes the crosses that are sold in all the stores in America? Yidden. They make crosses that are sold <laughs> in the stores in America, and the Yidden making these crosses are allowed to do it 
because even though it's a cross, it's a symbol. It is not right. really. It's not really an avodah So, it, what I'm saying, that, that itself is a symbol. That's right. Emes. Right. But there, there are there are various sects that okay. do meisim. That is not so poshit that it's mamish minigabisayim. So if there are baruch, there are such things that we had. Kaddish baruch kept the vote of alive, so we should see such a thing exist, <laughs> or there was such a concept okay. we didn't think it's a cheke. So that's very very nice. But obviously, uh, the but that, and these companies, if they're producing it, okay, maybe in order there is. to be used. It's another ASIC. Okay, so maybe there is some real, real, real Yainessip as Manazer. Could be. Okay. Thank you very much for the call. Have a good Thank evening. You. Go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Can I help you? Yeah, well, sorry to bother you. Can I just ask you what the Hufkay's number is? 201 837 0500. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Can I help you? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. You're on the... Um, um, so, um, let's say, let's say, my, let's say, um, my wine bottle's open, and my cleaning lady, like, moves it, and she, like, touches it, holds it by the top. This okay, is, I... this is, this is already going to call your rabbi about, because, again, you're getting to a very fine area. If she poured it, or she shook it, she put a finger or put something inside there and stirred it or whatever then we know that that's considered to be forbidden. Some people might just say she just touched it or moved it slightly. They might get nervous about it. That's something you discuss with a rub. You'll ask your own rub. You'll tell your mother, your father will ask your own rub about that. Uh, and in the future, you make sure you keep it away so she shouldn't be tempted. And sometimes, you know, when she's alone and there's nobody else in the room, nobody else in the house, and, and she says... You know, they make a big deal about this one. I see they make a ceremony every week. They call it Kiddush. And they make a big deal about it every, every Shabbos. And, you know, I'm, I, I never tasted that wine, that Jewish wine. And believe it or not, some of them have a big taiva, a big desire to taste the wine. And I'm sure people do it. There's like a lot of people, when you're not there, they do cook something up and they do mix things up. Yes, it happens in the real world. Thank you very much. How old are you and what school? Um, I'm 10 years old. And what school are you in? Yeshiva Makar Baruch. Yeshiva Makar Baruch. Wow, okay. Thank you very much for calling. Go ahead. Yvonne on Kasha Sandia. Can I help you? You're on the air. If you're there... Hello? Yeah, hang up your phone. I mean, your, your oh. radio and listen to the... To, yeah, uh, you're sorry. On the phone. Hi. Yeah, you're on the air. Um, I don't know if the show has to do with the INSF or not, but um, <laughs> I just had a question regarding... Um, I heard that Bodex spinach is uh, that any frozen spinach with uh, like kashru for no tolaim and whatever uh, is not reliable anymore. Is oh, that no, true? No, okay, first of all, we never, if, if at all possible, ever discuss names of products like that. And secondly, we're never going to say something like that. And we never said it here. And we don't want to even no, answer not- the question. We don't want to even answer your question because it's not, we can't even talk about it because it, it, people are going to misunderstand. No, I can't make standards. The only thing I ever said on the show is that positive is a strong hashkocha, a strong uh, products. I can't talk about the others. I get called all the time. I was called in the last few days, uh, whether Bodek or Eden or this one or that. One. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to go there. I don't even have any expertise about it. Nobody can. Right. I have nothing I can answer you about it. 
Sorry. Okay. Um, okay. Um, but just regarding frozen spinach in general. But listen, in, sp- spinach is a tough one. You can hardly get uh, a company that's willing to give hashgacha today on spinach. So right. it's, a, it's not, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, okay. there's it, it, a lot of exposure to the air. Some things are, are not exposed to the air so much, but that's exposed to the air. For some reason, in the last couple of years, spinach has been very hard to get to be clean. I can't make a statement about a company. Right. Okay, no problem. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Have a good evening. Okay, so we have a few minutes. Yeah. Nisa, go ahead. You know, we're talking about kashrut, uh, and we're talking about, uh, I saw a lot of uh, maids, you know, the babysitters, keeping right. the uh, children, and the babysitter is not Jewish, and they're cooking for the, the Jewish kids. What right. do you think about it? Right. And it, it's not just the cooking. I want you to know that sometimes, and I remember these stories, that made me a little older than some of the people listening, and I remember the stories about people being in total shock when they discovered that the babysitter they left with the kids was training them in their religion. Not our religion, their religion. They had the opportunity, they had the desire, and they were been told that we, you know, we had to bring uh, these uh, heathens to the right religion, and the, the parents went into total shock when they found out that they were being indoctrinated. I don't know if they got the kids over to their side, but they were indoctrinating them, and then all that tumor entered their lives. So it's definitely something that uh, has to have proper shmira, has to be watched. As much as a matzah has to be watched, you have to watch that the children are not exposed to the wrong things in the, right there in your own house. Yes, they sometimes are asked to cook for the children. Is there any way in which cooking can be done when the, the, they're left alone? The problem is, is manifold. One is that uh, they may mix up milk and flasics. And by the way, if you don't see the, ca- the, the kalim left out afterwards, it's not prove anything because they can wash them and put them away. In addition, they, they, if they sometimes, if they like things to taste a little differently themselves, they could carry things in their pocketbook and put it into their food. Some countries that they come from, that's their nature. They like certain kinds of um, flavors, and they do, they would be carrying, they could carry something like that and put it into the food. Number three or four, they could be actually buying something on the outside and bringing it in and warming it up in your, in, your, in, your, in your oven. These are things that I've heard over the years. I was driven last week home from a chasana uh, for, by the, a couple, and they have an elderly parent who they have a non-Jewish woman who's taking care of that parent uh, all day long. And sure enough, they, they have a monitoring system. You could do it maybe with a video camera or some other electrical equipment. They, were, they had been monitoring what was going on in the apartment with the uh, elderly parent. But unfortunately, they found some problem that developed. I don't remember the exact problem, uh, but they discovered it, and they had to ask a rub to Shaila. It was luckily they had some kind of control from it, from the distance to be able to be aware of it. You know, if it's you can have the if you can listen to a baby uh, sleeping, you can listen to somebody in that room. If you can do video cameras, if you the things we have today are amazing. I don't know what they cost all these things, but they definitely something could be set up. But if you leave them alone, then you're looking for trouble. I I could tell you 
that um, recently I heard the following statement. Somebody was very, very upset. They told me that I'm meeting a number of people who have elderly parents and they've just tuned out about Kashras. They said, I can't handle it. I just can't handle it. And they let the non-Jew do whatever's in there. They, they hope they're doing the right thing. There's no way for them to monitor it. And it's, it's a total, it's a total hefkeris. That elderly person is being served bishalakum, maybe a mixture of milk and flasics, maybe nothing, not kosher. And the child has, just can't handle it. And I asked the question in this article that I read before, what about a Jewish person? Or, uh, there are plenty of Jewish people, even today, and this is 30 years after I wrote that thing, or more, 40 years after I wrote it, 30 years, not 40 years, but I, 30 years since I wrote it, but, the, but still, even today, you could find a, uh, you could find a, a, a Jewish person, maybe even a Frum person, who would be willing to work for not so much money. And you know something? If it costs a little more, if you can at all afford it, it the mitzvah is unbelievable. First of all, you're giving a parnasa to another to a Jew. That's a very, very big mitzvah. And secondly, you're preserving kashras and maybe Shabbos and maybe other things and uh, keeping a whole atmosphere and, and the proper... Uh, it was a big covet for your parents. So if you could do it, pay the money. If you can't, if it's no one available, okay. But the truth is that there are people available. If you have to be a little bit, uh, a little bit looking for it. We had a person work with my wife when she was, um, when she had a baby, and that person just came over from another country and didn't have any panosa, and we took to her to work in the house for the weeks that was involved, a few weeks, a couple of weeks, I think. And till this day, we keep up with that, that person. She's a very close friend of my wife's. And that's the way it's supposed to be. This is uh, the Yiddish Aderich. So if you can see a way to solve it, I hope you do. We have a couple of calls coming in. I'm going to take one right now. Okay, you're on Kashrus on the Air with Rabbi Yosef Wickler. Can I help you? Hi, I have a Russian babysitter. She's Jewish. Right. I don't know the extent of her from Kite. I never have her open gases, but I would say I do leave chicken cooking. Okay, so no. So first of all, let's let's um, let's start with the the square one. There is a machloikas, whether or not there's bishalakum and some of these questions with a non-from person. But basically, uh, you could definitely have to we don't have to worry about that too much. I mean, there's a sheet. This, but I wouldn't worry about that too much. But you know, again, you, this person gains nothing by replacing it and taking the, the... Some people would steal the food, but they wouldn't necessarily replace it. You don't have to be really, really concerned if you have a Jewish woman. If she, We'd say Russian, hope she's Jewish, because some Russians are not she Jewish. Is. She, she is. She speaks Yiddish. And, That's her first language. Beautiful. I mean, And, if, and if, you, if you know something, if you'll teach her a little bit, you might even be able to make her, and certainly you'll be able to get, make sure that she's... If you, if you make her feel good and you appreciate what she's doing for you, she's going to really bend over backwards. Look, Ramosha Feinstein's Zatzal, Paskin to Shiloh, very important Shiloh. An old person, and the, the, the son went off the derech, and the, and the mother and his wife, they're not religious anymore. 
And Rav Moshe Feinstein said, you could stay with her and she's going to take care of your kashras and you don't have to worry because she loves you. You kept that relationship all the years. Now, this woman doesn't love you, but you can have a warm relationship and you can develop it and she will respect you and she will work with you. Definitely a good road to go. Thank you for the call. I have to get one more call and then I have to do, yeah, wrap it up. Yes. Okay. I, I want, first of all, before the caller, I want to say something that... Uh, Somebody uh, called and they remind me also what happened in our neighborhood that the babysitter, she was angry and she didn't want to go to a kosher restaurant and she went to a Chinese uh, restaurant, a cheap. And the, the, the two uh, babies was with her and mm. sitting over there and they're angry so they share the food together. Unbelievable. And we pulled the air from the Chinese and we told it uh, to the parents. But you know, the parents said, what we can do? <laughs> you cannot do nothing about it, you know. She's a good babysitter. She's the kids' uh-huh. lover, uh-huh. and that's it, you know. Very sad. Very sad. Hello, you you on the air? Okay, you're on cautious on the air. Go ahead, please. Yes, what are the guidelines of Bishulakam? Come to my shia on Sunday mornings at ten o'clock at uh, actually eleven thirty on on Sunday at. Uh, at 1358 East 13th Street. We go through these mm-hmm. halachas. But the Bishal Akum is a very long topic. Are we, so know, meaning as in a microwave oven and a warmer? Okay, oven? microwave oven, except for a, a Moshe Heinemann from the Star K, Paskins, there's no Bishal Akum in a microwave. Everybody holds there is because we don't really have a clear understanding what microwaving is. Microwaving is a process. It's definitely not regular cooking. But uh, according to Tzachama, maybe. But the point is, we, we, uh, uh, the world does consider it, except for Rabbi Moshe Heinemann, the world does consider it Bishalaka. And is a warmer? A warmer? Once the food has been cooked already, it's not Bishalaka. I don't know. Uh, so a, micro, a, a microwave oven can just warm up. It's also not It's also not Bishal. It's not Bishal, right. But the problem is, and this is the key you have to understand, and that's why I, I wouldn't do what, what you're going to say to do. See, I, I want the person who walks into the house to have clear guidelines. I wanted to know. That, no, not a, I'm not living in the house. I'm okay, 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 fine. But I want her to know that she can't use that equipment because if she does use it, she may sometime uh, use it for a different way. She might put her own food in. Uh, you know, if we, and when we have people in the house, we don't let them cook at all. Even if the even if there's a uh, even if there's a pilot light, and even if they turn the oven on, we don't want them cooking because once they started getting involved in cooking, they're going to do it when everything's off. So that's what we do. I right, thank you very much for the call. We thank have you to very go. Much. Okay, before we go, this let me remind you: this was Kashrus on the air, and your host by Yosef Wickler. If you have any interesting questions for us, you want to know about discuss future topics. If you'd like to subscribe to Kashrus Magazine, a new issue just came out this week. You can call us at seven one eight three three six eight five four four, or you can email us at Kashrus K A S H R U S at AOL.com. That's 718-336-8544. If you want to join me, if you want to send your husband over to our classes on Sunday, we have a class at 10 and it's 1130 at 1358 East 13th Street. That's 1358 East 13th Street on Sunday mornings starting at 10 o'clock and then again at 1130 we have a shear. And I also have a shear Thursday night at 1114 Avenue O that meets at 830. There we discuss Bosa B'cholov 
everything is in with a safer. Thank you very much for listening. I hope to speak, hear you. I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you.